Welcome to another episode of the Beer and Fatigue Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben Raman. And on the podcast today, we have Tira Bland. Welcome to the podcast, Tira. Hello. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you. Tira, I found Tira through uh, she's through her role with the Black School Psychologist Network. Uh, and, uh, well, I'll, 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 I'll let her tell us all about that soon. Uh, but before we get started, maybe I, I know you... you we, we know you're a school psychologist, obviously, so maybe a bit of your story and kind of how you got into the field. Yeah, I'll be happy to share. So I am a nationally certified school psychologist. I've been a school psychologist for the past, uh, five, I did five years in schools, and I'm currently a assistant professor at, at California State University Sacramento campus. Um, so I just completed my first year, which has been very exciting um, and a big adjustment from being in the school's um, how I got into school psychology, I always like when people ask me this question because I tell them I, I kind of stumbled into it. It kind of more so found me than me finding it. Hmm. Uh, I was actually a education major in college. And throughout my entire life, I said I was going to be a teacher. Um, and then I ended up changing my major the summer of my senior year, which I do not recommend anyone to do. Um, but I, take, I started taking some psychology classes and sociology classes. And I was like, wow, this is really this is way more cooler than education. Um, so I ended up changing my major my senior year. And when I was talking to my college advisor, I was saying like, I still want to do something in education, um, but I really, really like psychology as well. So I ended up making education my minor. And then um, she told me about school psychology. It was like, hey, here's the National Association of School Psychologists website. Check it out and see if you like it. And I did that and I was like, hmm. Never heard of school psychology, never heard about it in my psychology classes, never knew a school psych, um, better yet, never knew one that looked like me either. So I was just like, well, I guess this is what I want to do. And I applied to uh, school psychology programs and it's been from there. Yeah. Cool. So you never actually were a teacher. So I did a year with AmeriCorps at a Catholic school in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that, and that, that was it. So, yes. um, and then when did you start practicing as a school psychologist? Yeah. So I started practicing in 2017. I originally started out with uh, uh, Baltimore City Public Schools. So shout out to my home team, my colleagues. I miss them so much. Hmm. Um, so I was there for five years before I transitioned to a professor. Right on. And so what 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 kinds of things were you doing when you were practicing? Yeah. So in my role, I did a lot of things. I think that's the cool thing about being a school psychologist. Like a lot of times people think assessments is like the main thing that we yeah. do. But luckily at the two schools that I was at, like one school, I had more of that traditional role where assessments, participating in like IEP and 504, um, child study meetings. And I was at a high school, uh, which was super fun. Hmm. I don't know some people are like, no to high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my other school was a little bit different. It was an all girls six through 12 charter school. And oh, wow. so I really got to do, yeah, I got to do a lot of different things there. I had a lot of autonomy um, with admin um, so I did a lot of counseling at that school. Um, I did a lot of crisis intervention. 
um, and then a district just in general. I also did a lot of consultation with teachers. So I was starting to eventually do like professional development with teachers on like suicide prevention. So that was really happening a lot in our school. Um, So just giving teachers the tools of how to intervene when things happen. And what else? Course assessments. And oh, one thing I didn't mention is towards the end of Uh, I guess my career in Baltimore City, I started uh, doing some professional development for general education teachers. So I was starting Mm. to do courses of educating teachers about special education, the IEP process. What is an IEP? Um, Because there were a lot of concerns with like, what is an IEP? How do I implement these strategies and how do I make it work for that student? So that was really cool to do as well. Right on. I'm surprised folks didn't know that. Like, like. You'll be surprised. <laughs> you said you did some counseling. Um, yes, I'm. 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 I'm getting a couple of counselors on the podcast, but I haven't yet. What's the difference, like, between a a school psychologist and a and a and a school counselor? And were you doing the role of a school counselor? Great question. That is one that a lot of people ask us, like, what is the difference? Mm -hmm. So for the school counselors, this is particularly within uh, my district. So they Mm -hmm. were doing, I know they went from like calling themselves guidance counselors to now counselors. Um, So they they were assisting students, of course, with like their um, selecting courses. Um, but also I saw my school counselors doing actual counseling. Yeah. Um, so they also had a caseload supporting, you know, the social emotional well-being of students. Um, they did individual counseling. They did group counseling. Um, I also had a school counselor that pushed into the classrooms and did uh, classroom lessons with students at our middle school. Um, and then for so I guess the big difference is that school counselors are not doing assessments. Mm. Um, so they're not testing to see if a student um, is eligible for a special education, if there's an educational disability that's impacting them. So I think that's kind of where the big difference is just the assessment part. But do you you both have sort of similar training in the counseling side of things then? Um, not too sure. I'm not really sure what right. the counseling courses look like. Um, but I know like in school psychology, most programs may have like one or two or no, mm. no counseling right. courses. Um, so it just varies by program. So did your program have courses? Like like what what made you able to be a counselor? Yeah. So like luckily, yeah. So my specialist program, we did have maybe one or two courses, but when I went to get my doctorate, we actually, I took an advanced practitioner route. So I took a bunch of different counseling uh, courses, uh, which was really great to learn more about Ooh. like the different approaches and techniques that I can use in schools. Um, and also in my uh, previous school district, we also had professional development talking a lot about like um, different counseling strategies and things that we can do in our sessions. So kind of got a both of training and uh, professional development. Neat, neat. And, and where'd you do your doctorate? Um, at Loyola University, Chicago. Okay. And what kinds of things were you focused on in your doctorate? Like what was your, your big project there? Yeah. So for my capstone, um, which is more like applied research, and I focus on the recruitment and retention of African-American school psychologists. Mm. Okay. I want to get into that in a second, but I had a question about um, just in general, maybe it kind of relates, I guess, but in general, I've heard this from a couple of school psych folks now. 
about mm-hmm. how, how they find school psychology is is usually some sort of strange way you know either in school right. they run into one or or you know they have, there happens to be someone down the hall but folks don't hear about it like why is it that folks do you think that folks don't hear about learn about sort of school psychology when they take psychology courses or 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 maybe other kinds of psychology too for that matter i mean you hear about i hear about i remember taking like a social psychology course i remember taking a, right. like an abnormal psychology everyone wants to have control of their life to make their own choices decisions and set goals that are meaningful and important to them. And students who are neurodivergent are no exception. Self-determined research indicates a host of positive quality of life outcomes for people who are neurodivergent, including better employment and independent living outcomes. Whether your students want to attend college or obtain employment after high school, they will need to acquire the skills necessary to pursue career life directions that are personally meaningful and are of their own volition. The self-determination course offered by CBI is an ideal tool for teachers to help students develop the essential competencies for self-determined behavior. The course consists of five modules with comprehensive lesson plans that include embedded resources easily adapted for your diverse learners. Using the built-in self-reflection and assessment exercises, teachers can assess students' growth towards their self-determination and self-advocacy behaviors. If you're interested in learning more, check out the CBI Consultants webpage at www.cbiconsultants.com. course and a few others, but I never heard about psych, school psych either. Yeah, I always wonder like why school psych is not mentioned in like intro to school psych. I mean, intro to psychology class, mm-hmm. which it talks about all the other fields, but school psychology is one of the fields that's just randomly left out. Yeah. Um, but even just like thinking about in the schools, I know many school psychs uh, that do not leave their office unless needed. So they're not sometimes vi- as visible as maybe mm. a school counselor or a social worker. Um, and I have know that school psychologists were split between most times we're split between multiple schools. So we're not necessarily full-time at one school we may have two three some districts have maybe four or more uh schools which is like crazy to me but they have that many um so we're kind of split all over which is maybe why um staff may not necessarily see school sites um when we have that split between schools um so and i do a presentation every year for like first year uh, school psychologists and I'm always encouraging people like get out of your office you know go meet your teachers mm. on your floor just in, everyone in the school building just so they know who you are you're not yeah. just like this random man or woman just walking around pulling students for testing and counseling um so I think those are some things of it um and then as I've been studying more with research what I've found is that um college professors aren't even like talking about school psychology Um, just because of lack of awareness about the field and just, um, yeah, just mainly the lack of awareness about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that seems to be one, one parallel between sort of behavior analysis and school psych is, you know, a lot of people don't think behavior analysis is part of psychology or, and some people think behavior analysis is only psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and you don't hear about it. Yeah. I I didn't really hear much about behavior analysis when I took my psychology courses either. So it's interesting that there's some of these, you know, sort of offshoots of psychology that uh, no one seems to want to talk about. And is it just, and it's just that no one knows. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is that something that NASP works on? I mean, it seems like that would be something they'd want to do is sort of get more folks into it. 
Yeah. So over the years, like on the NAS website, they have done a good job of making um, handouts that mm. talks about like, what is school psychology? What is a school psychologist? So it's like a one page yeah. um, handout, which I've even used where I've like printed it out and posted nice. on my door or in my office window, just so people can like read it as they're walking by. Yeah. Um, then another huge project that started out in 2018, which is called the NAS Exposure Project, which I've yes. actually got to help with Dr. Charles Baird. Um, and essentially, we um, created this PowerPoint. It's like a 30-minute PowerPoint um, that essentially exposes culturally and linguistically diverse students to the field of school psychology. And so school, school psychologists are able to do this presentation at high schools, they're mm. able to do this at colleges. And we were targeting uh, historically black colleges and universities to also kind of diversify the field. Um, and so that PowerPoint is available on the national website and many school psychology state associations have even have even done their own thing where they kind of modified that PowerPoint and made it their kind of like state um, exposure project. Yeah. as well. So it's been really cool over the past maybe six going on seven years of just seeing how more school psychologists are, you know, going out to their schools and talking about school psychology and just bringing awareness to the field that, like I said, no, not too many people really, it's like a hidden gem, I like to say. <laughs> no, I love that. Because, I mean, there seems to be yeah. a lot of these sort of professions that, you know, folks that don't hear about until they right. get into university. And, and you know, we, I mean, we really want kids to want to be a school psychologist when they grow up and not, you yep. know, have those kinds of, vision, you know, sort of ambitions. But if they've never heard of it, then they can't sort of dream about it. Exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. So tell me more about what you were doing. Well, about your 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 capstone project. Why why is that important? The recruitment and retention of um, of uh, of uh, black folks in the field. Yeah, great question. And so, what prompted me? Uh, to choose that topic, mainly because the field of school psychology is predominantly white. It's about mm. over 85% of the field is predominantly white, it's predominantly female. Mm. And um, with, according to the, I think it's the 2020 membership survey that NAS sends out to its members every year, mm. uh, the recent uh, data was showing only 3.9% identified as Black or African-American. And mm. then, of course, the U.S. Census Bureau is also showing a different percentage, but that's like another story <laughs> for another day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so overall, there's not, there's a lack of diversity within the field. And then with looking, um, when I was in Baltimore City, this is a large school district. And at that time, when I was doing my capstone, there were, I want to say there were 19 uh, school psychologists, Black school psychologists in the entire district. Wow. Um, yeah. So a lot of people were like, there's only 19. I'm like, yeah, nine, nine, just 19 of us. Um, and so that kind of just prompted me to forever look to like, why, why is there not a lot of black school psychologists? And like I said earlier, like I never met a black school psychologist, um, you know, when I was exploring the field. So mm. to do this topic is something that was near and dear to myself. Um, and just how I can encourage more, um, Black people to get into the field of school psychology. So for my capstone, I kind of looked at like what my current district was um, doing for recruitment and retention. And I think we did a good job of starting out of what we needed to improve on. Um, and then over time of just getting better at the strategies that they were implementing. 
Um, so like one of the ways was having a culturally and linguistically diverse recruitment team, mm. um, which was started out in 2018 by Dr. April Turner. Um, and so it was just really great that we had that team to start looking at our, you know, our demographics and looking at, okay, how can we diversify our just department? And so it was just really cool to be a part of that. Um, and then with my capstone, just developing like an implementation plan if school districts want to diversify their field, here are some strategies that, um, you know, you can do easily within your district. So I'd like to hear more about what those could be. Yeah. So this was just the funny part about the capstone. Well, not really funny, but as yeah. I was research, researching like evidence-based strategies for recruitment and retention, and there's so much research out there for how school districts um, do recruitment and retention for teachers of color. So I'm like, mm. why are mm. we not doing these evidence-based strategies of what's working in school districts? Like, why not do that the same for school psychologists? Yeah. And so some of the things um, that I have found was one that was uh, called um, creating institutional partnerships. So one of the things is like school districts partnering with school, local school psychology programs to get students in so they can do mm -hmm. their practicum internships with hoping to actually get employed in their district. Um, one of the things I saw was called relationship based recruitment. Whereas you're actually genuinely getting to know the applicant when they're doing their interview process. So there's like things that you would ask as opposed to just like, you know, what experience that you have for this position. So I thought that was a really good strategy mm -hmm. that um, school districts could implement. There was also looking at um, creating partnerships as well with historically black colleges and universities. So kind of going back a little bit, but going to the college students to talk to them about school psychology and efforts that Eventually, they would go to grad school for school psychology and then become school psychologists. Um, let's see. There were also strategies about, let's see, and I was just writing a manuscript for this. So I, should, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all the strategies should be jumping out at me yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, Another thing was just going to like recruitment events. So going to like the school psychology conferences, um, also going to just hiring events in the community where you can get school psychologists there. Um, so those were just some of the strategies. I can go on and on about all the yeah, different yeah. But those, those are the ones I could, you know, think of right now. But you're, you say you're writing a manuscript, so eventually you might see some, a published version of this that folks can, yeah. yes. can tap into <laughs> too. So we don't want to take it all away. You mentioned HBCUs. Are there... Are there a lot of school psych programs in HBCUs or? No. So there's only three HBCUs uh, that have a school psych program as of now. So there's Howard University, which is in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. Bowie State University, which is in um, it's in Bowie, Maryland. And then there's Tennessee State, which is in Tennessee. Um, there right. used to be one that was really popular at uh, Florida, um, a and yeah. yeah, but it's no longer, um, around. That was a really big school psych program many years ago. Hmm. Any idea why, why it's not around anymore? Or is that, a, is that another, another, another interview? <laughs> <laughs> Probably another interview. I'm not really sure the details yeah. of, um, cause that was kind of way before I entered grad yeah. school. Yeah. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Just interesting that the, 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 one of the larger ones is gone. Yeah, um, and just for my brain and folks that might not know, you, you said you, so there's three schools there. How many, approximately, how many HBCUs are there? Just to sort of give an idea of sort of how many don't have them. That's a great question. I'm not exactly sure of the exact number. Yeah. 
of HBCUs, but mm. it's only three, which, right. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. All right. So was it just on recruitment or was it on retention too? Or were you just talking about recruitment and hiring? Or was it, I can't remember which word you yeah. said. Yes, I did focus on retention as well. So I, 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 I get why recruitment might be hard and it seems like there's some simpler strategies there because it's, you know, we already talked about how folks just, you know, you know, black or white have never heard of school psychology. So right. you know, a lot of it's just sort of getting the word out about this field called school psychology. Mm-hmm. And then you know, obviously going to, you know, places where, you know, there's, you know, there's more black folks and, and whatnot to do that recruitment. But what's, uh, what are the issues around retention? Are, are they different for black school psychologists than they are for sort of other school psychologists or? Yeah. So one of the things that I had talked about in my capstone and also in um, the manuscript that I'm currently working on and a research study that I'm working on as well Mm. is that the one prevalent challenge that I'm seeing is racial bias and microaggressions. That has been like the main thing Mm. with retention Um, where school psychologists are, you know, dealing with racism um, in their workforce, which no one should have to deal with in their work environment, um, whether that's with administrators, uh, teachers, other staff that was being reported, um, just also having to deal with even racist um, parents. Um, I'll never Mm. forget in during my internship, I was at a high um, SES school and the parent was just like, I want to get an outside evaluation. I don't, I don't trust her judgment. And I was just like, wow. okay, well then. And I'm like, you know, didn't have any experiences prior to that, but this one in particular, I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, the racial bias and microaggressions is definitely, um, I will never forget to being in an IEP room, only person of color, only female at a table full of five white men and literally mm. I'm just sitting there and you would have thought I wasn't even in the room, but everyone had kept having a conversation about the child and his academics. And it was like not an opportunity for me to speak or go over my report until like the last two minutes of the meeting where they're like, oh, so Dr. Bland, do you have something to say? And I'm like, well, now no. <laughs> wow. Because I just secluded me the entire meeting. But there's so many instances where people have, you know, talked about their experiences in uh, IEP meetings or just meetings in general of just being discriminated against or receiving a microaggression. There's, yeah, there's been lots of stories of that. Yeah. And so it's retention. So it's about keeping a job. And so folks right. experience this a lot and they just move, they just leave. And then, then what do they do? They Do they, do they drop out of the career or they just try to find a different school? They just bounce around. Like well, what happens? Yeah. It's, I mean, some people stay, uh, stay as a school psych in their district, or they may request a different school. Mm. Um, I've had school psychs that have resigned from practicing in the schools where they transition maybe to private practice mm. or transition to like another job within the field of education or just left mm. school psych altogether. Wow. Yeah. Um, just a tangent, then I'm going to get back to this. Mm-hmm. You said private practice. So there are school psychs that do private practice too? Yeah. So what's that look like? Yeah. So I feel like there's this misconception that you only could be a school psych like in In the public schools. Yeah. Yeah. So there is there are school psychologists um, that do private practice. So they're doing um, evaluations. They're doing counseling. I know some 
um, friends that are doing private practice also do consulting with school districts, mm, um, which right. is pretty cool. Yeah. And so even with private practice, there are school psychologists and like hospitals and clinics and school psychologists can also work at like the state department of education mm. and they can also be professors uh, in school psychology programs. So oh, it's really not cool. just, yeah, I feel like there is this myth where it's like, I feel like in grad school, they tell you like, go only go to the schools, mm -hmm. but there are so many things um, that school sites can do. And now I'm seeing more of like the non-traditional school sites where um, I have some friends that are also working at like maybe an educational company or they're doing educational consulting as well. So mm. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities that people do not know about. So you definitely outline a lot of the reasons why, you know, black school psychologists, you know, leave. Uh, are, are there any strategies out there to keep them there? Yeah. So one of the things that my previous district, well, the group of us did was we created like an affinity group. Um, so we ended up the black school psychologists, we would have like monthly get together. So mm. we would go out to restaurants, maybe go for a walk, um, exchange. Um, like I have one friend earlier this week, it's like, Hey, I have some books, you know, um, need some school psych books, or we do a lot of consultation with each other in our group chat. So we found a way to support each other through like, you know, with work, of course, but just like personal life as well, which was pretty beneficial to have. Um, and I know of other friends in other school districts that do similar where they have like, you know, support group where they, you know, talk about work, but also just personal life as well. Um, also for retention, I think one of the things I'm seeing school districts also do is having um, black school psychologists or just school psychologists of color at these hiring events. So that way people can see some diversity um, within the districts where it's like, OK, if I see someone that looks like me where I want to work, I feel like that also makes a big difference. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's like, yeah, come to my district, come to my district. And then you're like, well, where's the diversity? Like, I don't see anyone like me. So why would I want to mm. work in an environment as such? Um, one cool thing I've seen is also um, school psychology departments. Um, this is like super easy. I don't know why places don't do this, but have like a picture of their school psychologist. That was like such a game changer for me mm. when I was applying to jobs where I'm like, okay, let me see what the school psychologist look before I apply here. That's um, awesome. And I feel like that's like a simple strategy. I mean, just for recruitment, but just also like, okay, if I see people that look like me, I would be more likely willing, wanted to be in that environment and stay. Um, and I think the biggest thing for retention is lately is talking about race and social justice. Um, mm -hmm. You want to have an inclusive environment. And if we're not talking about these topics right now, um, people are going to leave. If they don't feel right. like they're being valued or seen, um, yeah, people are going to leave. Yeah, yeah. So you, you started some of these little, like, not little, but these group chats, like small, small group chats and those sorts of things. So... I feel like maybe the, there's a connection here, but how do, how uh, coming to sort of the the the, the main topic, where did where did the 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 network come from? Yeah, it's a good question. Oh, the network. So the Black School Psychologist Network. So mm -hmm. it's funny how it started. So I want to say last year, um, I think twenty. What is this? Twenty twenty two. We were in. Boston, I believe, for our national convention in February. 
Um, and afterwards, uh, Dr. Byron McClure, who is the CEO of Black School Psychologist Network, mm-hmm. we call it BSPN. Mm-hmm. And he had put out a tweet about like how cool or something would it be um, if we had like a school psychology conference for Black school psychologists. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And yeah, so myself, yeah. I text one of my friends, I'm like, girl, we're doing this. I'm signing you up as well. Um, And so I put her name in there. And then we had a meeting, uh, like the end of that February was just like, why let's do it. Let's, we talked, you know, had a vision and came together of like why this need is important. And Mm. a few meetings in, we launched May 9th of 2002. I mean, 2022. Um, And yeah, and that's how we kind of started. So it's five uh, practicing school psychologists that came together to create the network. So the 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 original purpose of the network was to put on a conference. Yeah, and it became something way bigger <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> so so tell me about it. like 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 for what's what's sort of the mission of the network and Yeah, so BSPN it is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization and we created this network to simply to support, elevate, and advance the work of Black school psychologists. And mm. so one of our main initiatives was the Black School Site Summit, which mm. we had um, in April, which was a success. And I'll talk more about that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like I said, we came together for the conference. But within that first year, we've also done monthly uh, Instagram lives on various different topics to support graduate students, to support uh, black female school psychologists, black male psychologists, um, also pr- black professors in school psychology programs. And it has been wonderful. I'm like, really, like we, like I said, we came together for creating the conference, but ended up doing some other cool things along the way. Um, and some other things that are going to be unfolding within this next year too. So I'm really excited. So it started with the five of you. Yes. Um, um, how many members are there now? So we do not have membership yet, mm. uh, which will be coming okay. probably down the line. But um, but according to Instagram, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have about a little bit over 1,700 uh, followers. Right. Um, and we do have a lot of followers on Twitter and Facebook as well. So Well, and then you had the conference, which we're going to get into soon. How many attendees did you have? Because that might sort of tell you something. Yeah, so we had like close to 500, which was pretty cool for first conference ever. Yeah, that's amazing. So I know I, I know sort of the, the the parallels to sort of my field in behavior analysis. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking before about the Black Applied Behavior Analysis group, right. analyst group. You know, they started in 2017 as a similar as there's a Facebook group chat. I think mm-hmm. it's called black, black, B I B a black in behavior analysis, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So a page, a, a, a behavior analysis and Kat Jackson started. And, um, and, and that sort of was, it was just a Facebook group, group for a while that eventually they kind of turned it into association. Uh, but it, it's, it sounded like sort of, at that conference and in that group, this was sort of the first time most most folks in the group and at the conference, you know, many of them had ever seen another black person that was a behavior mm-hmm. analyst. Is it sort of the same sort of experience with the the BSPN? 
Yeah. Like it's so funny because a lot of us like we'll know each other from maybe like Facebook or Instagram or some people on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, but, um, but actually meeting people in person is just like, oh my gosh, there's more school psychologists that look like me. Um, and it was just, I don't even have the words to describe like what it felt like. Cause there were just so many different, um, different emotions behind it, but it was just, I've never been in a room with, like I said, with 500 black school psychologists. So it was just really empowering, um, and encouraging, like to almost like relit a fire in me, like, okay, Mm. like I can do this. I am needed in this field and we belong. And like, we need each other, honestly. So it was just really great. Um, just be in a safe space with other people that look like me. Yeah. All right, I want to I want to hear, hear about the conference. I I, I just went to uh, my first Baba conference in June. Yeah, um, I saw. In in Detroit, and it was it was the greatest thing I've ever been to in my entire life from from a career perspective. I mm-hmm. I, I cannot ever see me ever going to another behavior analysis conference uh, except this one. It's just mm-hmm. for so many reasons, which I think you'll probably get into that'll that will be similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and for, I think this is their second live in-person conference. And during COVID, they had a, had a virtual one and, you know, and, uh, you know, and the, 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 the presentations, the events, like everything about it was just completely different from sort of any other kind of conference I went to. Um, and so I'd been follow I'd been following on Twitter and on Instagram, your, your conference um, and, and just the constant amazing comments and the, the cool things that were kind of happening and and, uh, and and it just sounded like a similar like greatest thing ever mm-hmm. for for folks whether black or not um, right. um and 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 it just blows my mind that you became a entity in May of 2022 and you know a little over a year later you've got this super amazing conference so first off how, how were you able to do that put that together so so quickly and so fantastically that's a word. yes so it's it mainly definitely started with just having a great team mm. so i want to definitely give a special shout out to uh dr byron mcclure dr krista krista edwards excuse me dr aileen milfer and carlita joseph mm. so each of us have just talents that we brought and made it work um so many meetings went into this conference since February of last year, up until the night morning of the conference. Mm. Um, And also just having sponsors, that was definitely um, helpful for making this conference. We've had different assessment companies, uh, different school psychologists that have Mm. their own businesses that supported us as well as sponsors. So that made a huge difference um, in putting us together. And we've also had a lot of donors are people that believed in us and our vision mm. of what we wanted to do with the conference and we made it happen. So we had a lot of people that um, gave on a you know monthly basis. We had a lot of school psychologists that sponsored graduate students, which is huge. I mean, we know conferences are very expensive to attend. So be so being able to, um, you know, tell graduate students like, hey, we have funding for you to attend this conference was also really um, different from other conferences out there. Um, and yeah, so definitely sponsors and donors for sure um, help to pull that off because conferences awesome. are very expensive, which people do not realize Absolutely. for a nice one, at least. Absolutely. So you, you, you had 500 attendees. Uh, 
Were they were they all black school psychologists that attended, or did you have a variety of folks? Oh, the majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And one thing that was very interesting um, that I saw, that we saw at our award ceremony when we're taking pictures, so we had like different groups come up, but our largest attending attending group was our graduate students. Like, mm. I've never been to a conference. I've been to many. Um, I've like, oh my goodness, it was over probably two hundred and something graduates. Wow. Yeah, there's a picture on our website where it's it's you'll see it's just a large group, but our graduate students, like the future of school psychologists, like that that was pretty mind blowing. Like that was just the best part of it, just seeing how many graduate students were able to attend. That's awesome. And so, what what was what was what was the format? I mean, well, first question is, I've never been to a school psych conference, so mm-hmm. I, I'm curious. What what would what's a sort of a a regular school site conference like maybe the NASP conference or something else like that like a big school what what sort of what's that like and then maybe how how was this one maybe similar or different Yeah so for the like the NASP convention that we have every year in February so we always have like a keynote uh, speaker and keynote sessions are very well attended um, mm. since it's usually like the first first day of the conference. And then they have uh, various breakout sessions that align with our NAS practice model. So of how we practice as school psychologists. So there's mm. uh, session, sessions, excuse me, that are on assessment, that are on consultation, uh, family school collaboration. There's just topics, just a variety of topics that we can choose from. And it's like mm-hmm. a week long uh, conference. They do have um, poster presentations as well in the evenings. They have special group interest meetings and they also have like, you know, the welcome party um, that they do every year as well. So that's usually kind of like the layout of their convention. And and so as far as, uh, you know, because I've, I've had similar conversations with folks about, you know, from BABA that attend other conferences What's the, I mean, I obviously you can probably only talk about your, your own and maybe folks you've talked to, but sort of what, what, what is it, is it like as a black school psychologist attending events like this? It's not, 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 not the conference you put on, but attending sort of these other conferences. Yeah. So one of the things I, I mean, I look at is also diversity in hmm. the, the presentation. So it's like, are there presentation topics are talking about supporting um, students of color, not just Mm. black students, but students of color, um, because our schools are so diverse now. So I look at that and I also look at the presenters. Are they the same presenters every year? Mm. Is there a diverse group of presenters as well? Mm. Um, And I've noticed that in some of these conferences, there aren't too many people that are black presenters or just mm. presenters of color, yep. which I think is a huge problem in our day and age where our schools are becoming increasingly diverse and we have to make sure that we're doing culturally responsive practices, um, which is not always the case um, in some of these places. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And then when you would attend one of these conferences, like a, like like an ASP or any or a state one mm-hmm. or anything like that, would you see many bl- other black school psychologists there? Not many, um, especially the, I feel like lately I've seen more 
than when I started out, mm. but it's kind of the same group of school psychologists. Um, right. There's like our, there's different groups for like different age groups, but we kind of all know each other. Yeah. Um, so it's almost kind of like a reunion when we do go to the NAS or some other national conference where when we see each other, it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. we found our, we found our crew. Um, and we just kind of hang out together the entire conference. Um, and then we just stay connected as well outside of the conference. But it's usually the same same group. And mainly because these conferences are very expensive mm. um, as well, which is a financial barrier um, to many school sites. And just yeah. the, get, being able to get time off from your district, which, which, which isn't always allowed, or to get funding to attend these conferences as well. So. Okay. And so how, yeah. how was, besides obviously everyone's black how was how this other conference different yeah so one of the we started off um with our keynote which was really powerful we had the first uh nas african-american uh president dr deborah crockett which was amazing mm. and we had like a dialogue with her which the second nas african-american president dr celeste malone um and so it was just a really um, interesting conversation to see how things were um, when Dr. Crockett was president of the National Association and how things are now and just seeing like the similarities or things that have transpired over the years. So it was really good to hear their experience and perspectives. on. This and field. when was she president, the Dr. Crockett? Oh, man, I wish I had the <laughs> give or take like we're going back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years or over 20 years. Oh, wow. OK, yeah. so, yeah. So. What what was that conversation like? So this was my first time meeting Dr. Crockett and yeah. she is hilarious. So she was very transparent um, just about like things that she had experienced, yeah. um, just being a black woman during that time and just kind of like advocating not only for herself, but for other black school psychologists and the future, you know, mm. to, to come after her. Um, so it was just good to hear how things were and, you know, and just seeing her perspective of it. Yep. Yeah. So what were some of the other uh, uh, kind of presentations that you had going? Yeah. So we had a variety of uh, presentations. So we had some presenters uh, talking about different assessments. We had um, some presenters talking about how to become a professor in a school psychology program. We've also had presenters talking about um, being a black male in school psychology. Mm. Uh, which was pretty, I heard pretty good. We've also had one presenter talk about being a biracial school psychologist, um, mm. which is not really talked about in our field um, as sure. well. And so we've also had about consultation, how to be a leader, um, and just other career opportunities that are available um, besides being in the school system. Nice. And I noticed you had a, you know, I saw you had an, an awards ceremony too. What were you handing out awards for? Yeah, so for the first year, we had uh, different awards. So the first one was a Graduate Student Leader Award. We also had a Social Justice. We had a Legends Award. Hmm. We also had um, two School Psychologists um, of the Year Awards as well. Oh, cool. There is a lack of diversity when it comes to educational material depicting Black children in the field of applied behavior analysis. Human expressions gives black and brown children realistic and detailed images of kids who look like them, modeling everyday skills that may be difficult for them to communicate or express. At Human Expressions, the benefits of representation for black and brown kids in educational curricula are clear. Increased self-esteem, 
reducing stereotypes, and increase validation and support. To learn more, go to www.humanexpressions.org. That's human, H-U-E-M-A-N, expressions.org. So you talk, we also talked, you also talked about, you know, these conferences being, you know, difficult for folks to access, maybe because of costs or whatnot. So, so uh, what was, what was different that, that made it so, so, so all these folks were able to attend? Did you have scholarships for folks? Was it just a really lower price or what, what was kind of, and, and for the students, so how did you get so many people to come? <laughs> yeah. And, and that was one of the things we talked about in our meetings uh, for the board is like, we, we know that these conferences are expensive. And so that was one of the things that we had agreed upon. Like we want to make this affordable um, for people. So we had like an early bird rate and then after a certain date, we then went up to full price. But as I had stated earlier, like we had people that donated to sponsor right. um, graduate students. So that was um, very helpful with getting students to come. And then we also, um, for registration, I'm trying to see like, I think mainly just trying to keep the price as low as possible um, because people, I feel like got a good bang for their book (laughs) for the first year. um, And yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Um, So what what for you? So what were some of the highlights for you of this thing? Oh man, there were so many. So I was kind of like all over um, with like setting up and meeting. I think the, the biggest part was just meeting and just networking yeah. Uh, with so many graduate students and practitioners, because like sometimes like, you know, when you're in your your district or you're in your university, you may be the only one or of a small group. And so, you know, the same people, but just meeting so many uh, school psychologists from all over the U.S. We even had people from Canada um, mm. that were attending as well. So it was just really nice to meet the people. Um, I did get to pop in in some of the breakout sessions just for a little bit. But um, just the networking um, was really the highlight. Yep. Wow, right on. And so that 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 was in that was was that just recently? Or that was in June? Or uh, April. In April. Just April. April yeah. Yeah. In April. And so, what's what's next for 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 the for the network? What 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 what's going on? Yeah. So we're entering in our second year. And so we're going to continue to do the monthly lives, but we're actually transitioning to YouTube, Mm. um, which I'm super excited about. So we do have a channel now, the Black School Psychologist Network. um, So people can follow us. So we'll start doing our monthly lives on there, um, offering a variety of different topics for our followers. Um, We will be having a Black School Site Summit 2024. Um, so more details will be coming out about mm. that uh, soon. So yeah, yeah. Is and 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 maybe you can't give it away yet, but is it going to be in the same location, or are you thinking somewhere different? Or yeah, I can't really give that. Can't tell. I can't tell. That's a secret. That's a secret. <laughs> yeah, right on. Right on. You'll just uh, have to uh, subscribe to our website www.bspninc.com or follow us on social media at the Black SPS for more that's details. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> So what about yourself? So you're, you're, you're uh, an assistant professor at, uh, at, at CSU Sacramento. What's, uh, what's that role entail for you? And, 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 and maybe before we get into that, why did you, why did you decide to move from practice to uh, professorship? Yeah. So becoming, I feel like this is also like a full circle moment for me, as I told mm. you earlier, I wanted to be a teacher growing right. up oh, of um, course, yeah. and switch majors. Um, so Since I started grad school, I 
had this goal where I was like, I'll practice for, uh, you know, practice for some years. Mm -hmm. And then becoming a professor has always been like my dream, dream job. Um, It actually happened sooner than expected. So I did five years, um, which I really love. I love being in the schools. I love the students and working with the families. Um, But there were so many opportunities out there um, last fall. Well, fall 21, actually, Mm -hmm. it felt so long ago, fall Mm -hmm. 2021, when I started looking and applying, um, there were just so many programs that were hiring. And I'm like, I don't know if this is my time to just do it now or maybe Mm -hmm. wait another five years. Cause I was like, yeah, I'll do like 10, 15 years in the schools and then I'll transition. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there were so many job opportunities and I said, why not? It, what, what harm does it to just mm. apply? Like mm-hmm. someone's only going to tell me, no, that's the worst mm-hmm. that can happen. Um, so I applied and I had a few interviews and then ended up um, getting a job offer with CSU Sacramento. And I was like, mm. whoa, well, this was a big shift, not expecting it, mm. um, but it happened. So it, I transitioned into academia and it's been good so far. So good. And so what, what, are, what kinds of things do you do as an assistant professor? Yeah. So right now um, they have for like my program, we have like called a reduced uh, workflow for new faculty. So I do, um, I do three courses, teach, teach three courses in the spring and three courses mm. in the fall. I also do um, some supervision. So I supervise students that work in our um, diagnostic center on campus mm. where the students are doing real uh, evaluations with students. So they're getting hands-on experience way before internship, which is pretty cool. And I'm mm. also supervising students as they do their um, counseling practicums at a local elementary school. Some other things I get to do are being a thesis advisor. So for our interns that are, um, it's like a requirement for them to earn their special specialist degree. So I get to um, um, advise students with that. And I also am the advisor for our school psychology association, which is ran by our graduate students. Cool. And is this, does this role involve research as well, or is this a teaching professorship? Yes. So research is um, in that. Luckily, yeah. because my uh, school is more like teaching focused. Yeah. So we don't have I mean, we do have to do research, but it's not like at like a research one school where like research is like a lot of what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I am actually starting. Um, I'm actually in the, in the progress of doing my first research study, which is pretty cool right now. Mm, so what is it? So it's on the recruitment and retention of African-American school. I know what we were just talking about earlier. Um, and so I doing a, right, so I'm doing a uh, qualitative study where I'm looking at the main reasons why black school psychologists are leaving the school setting yeah. and strategies that school districts can take to support and retain us. So that's what right I'm on, working right right now. You said there was lots and lots of jobs. Any reason why that is? Yeah, so there's been a national shortage for, for what is this, for about probably a little over 10 years now. Wow. Um, it's just continued to get worse over time. Um, and then with the, I guess for the universities, a lot of people are retiring. Mm. So there's a lot of um, openings right now. So there's actually a shortage in both public schools and at the school psychology programs as well. Yeah, wow. Yes. And... Uh, you 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 touched on something at the conference around black men because um, this is some this uh, this is something I've been I've been learning about in, on the behavior analysis side of mm-hmm. things. Um, I think it was just this year, um, a, a, a sort of a 
don't know if it's a, I think they're like a special interest group of Baba formed, uh, black mm-hmm. men in 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 ABA, and right. uh, because it was a, uh, started by a fellow named Jerron Trotman, and he went to the Baba conference last year, and he said there were, you know, there were literally five of them at this conference. Uh, one of them yeah. being, you know, sort of probably the the analogous to your Dr. Cochran. Crockett, um, mm-hmm. uh, a fellow named uh, Dr. Richard Spates, um, mm-hmm. who's apparently been a behavior analyst, analyst since the 60s, but no one's ever heard of him, um, right. you know, because he's black. And um, um, but his the, his you know his 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 resume like he, he the, the award ceremony is now called the Richard Spates Award Ceremony. Oh, wow. they'll, they'll 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 hear about him for, forever now. Um, and he's an amazing guy. But anyway, he was I think he was one of the five, and um, and it was we were talking about sort of how because they have a similar percentage in behavior analysis. I think for black folks in the field, it was uh, I think it's uh, I think it's up a couple of percentage or a couple of decimal points but at the time it was around 3.9 as well mm-hmm. a, a pretty similar number and i think it's up to like 4.1 or something now but uh, mm-hmm. of, of of those and they don't have the numbers yet but he was speculating that it's probably more like one percent uh that are men um yep and so is there are there initiatives as well to sort of get more men into the more black men into the field yeah that's that's a good question one thing that i've seen recently is the University of Washington. Mm. Um, They actually have a grant where this is actually just like happening right now where they're recruiting uh, black men for the, for their specialist program. And with that grant, it allows them to their tuition uh, is covered, but they're also like, once you complete the program, they have where you're able to get a job in Seattle public schools afterwards, wow. um, where you're serving a certain number of years as a school psychologist out there. So that's one of the Amazing. most recent things I've heard of with um, trying to get more black men in the field. Um, honestly, I don't think I can't even think of anything else of, of just, yeah, for recruitment. No, but, and, I, and I, I wouldn't be surprised that, that there yeah. wasn't much. I mean, I mean, I think there's there's not there's not much for for black school psychologists in general. I think that's mm-hmm. the work you're starting to do now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to sort of see some of those parallels again. Really cool, really cool. So, what's what's some of your sort of uh, future plans, future goals? Future plans, future goals. Oh, man. Good question. Hmm. Um, Definitely getting to more research and publication. So that's something that I'm just getting started with. Um, It's so funny because I try to run away from research for so long. Yes. Um, And now I'm like, oh, man, I actually got to do it. Yeah. Um, But it's actually pretty cool. I don't know why. I don't know. Sometimes the fear of the unknown can get the best of you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm really starting to like research um, and just starting to get back into writing. Um, Yeah, I feel like stuff is just happening so quickly. So many new opportunities keep popping up. But I would definitely say um, just growing BSPN as well. Yeah. Um, Something of my future goals as well. And so there are are plans for membership eventually. And yes, uh, and, and that sort of thing, which will maybe give you a few more bucks to to apply to other events and other activities. So that's really awesome. Wow. I mean, just, just, I mean, just looking at the quality of even the website right now, I'm just looking at it on my screen here. I mean, it's just amazing sort of the, the stuff you've, you folks have been able to pull together so quickly. Really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. 
Well, I hope to I hope one day maybe I can get to one of these conferences just to see what it's like and start meeting some, yeah. some folks. I, I have a goal of interviewing a lot more, uh, you know, certainly black school psychologists. In fact, a couple of names you mentioned already are 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 on the list. Uh, I've got uh, Dr. Barrett coming on. Um, oh, nice. And, uh, and, and Carlita coming on. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. so, that, so, so that'll be fun. So hopefully, you know, after a while, I'll, 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 I'll know enough and I can come <laughs> to the conference and meet some folks in person myself, too, which would be fun. Yes. Yeah, be right so awesome. yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and telling us all about the Black School Psychologist Network. It sounds really cool. And the work you're doing sounds really cool. And I, I hope we can have you back uh, when we see more, more, more that's coming up from here. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Awesome. Cool.